Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast devoted to the adventures of Ryan Wilder and the CW's hit show, Batwoman. My name is Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Uh, are you better with the snow this week? Um, Yeah, somewhat. Uh, things have cleared up finally, and the temperatures are starting to rise a little bit, which is nice. Excellent. Well, we're back in the swing of things, although we are late this week. Stupid life. Stupid adulting. Yep. But we're here to talk about a season two, episode five. But before we do that, we do have an email. Oh, yeah, I love emails. We have an email from Stephanie Robles, who writes and says, hold on a second, I just need to move your Skype window. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I missed hearing from both of you. This is honestly my favorite podcast. Never do I miss an episode. Speaking of episodes, yesterday's episode was truly a great one. This is episode two, season two, episode four. So this is last week's episode. I started to realize that maybe Sophie, ah, Sophus, Needs to be a power couple. And I love Kate Kane, but the connection between Sophie and Alice to me is seen now more than ever. I have to ask you both, Sophie and Alice or Sophie and Kate? Maybe we'll have another Kate Kane and the and the connection will be the same. I also enjoyed the comments of Luke not being of Luke being not in the right state of mind, though I find him to be incredibly smart. It is like trying to get into a page on a browser and then having the computer ask if you are a robot. In other <laughs> words, having such an intelligent guy not take information in or hints that someone has to tell him. I love him and all the cast members, and I love you guys. Oh, we love you too. So what do you think? Selfish um, or Kofi? Honestly? I mean, I'm... Um, I'm kind of shipping Alice and Ocean right now, but of those two choices, I will say Alice and Sophie, honestly. Their dynamic I mean, is a little bit more intriguing, and honestly... It's I the like, better ship name. Like, uh, you try and come up with a ship name for Sophie and Kate. You really can't. Sate is, doesn't sound right, and Kofi, eh. Yeah. So, right, so I, you got Kane and Moore, Core, S'more... I mean, you could do no, no, because that s'more is just s'more. Uh, main, so yeah, I've got to yeah, go with no, Sophie and Alice. Yeah. Because their dynamic is very, very intriguing. But honestly, after this week, and we'll discuss it more as we discuss the episode, I'm trying to come up with a ship name for for Alice and Ocean because ooh, the chemistry there is. Yeah. All right. We'll see if we agree or not. Oh. We. But uh, out of the two, I would say I would definitely say uh, Sophie's. I really like Alice and Sophie's dynamic together. I mean, Alice's dynamic with anybody on the show is really good. But no, it it truly is. And honestly, but, it's going to be hard to compare Sophie and Kate until we know what a new Kate looks like. 
Yeah. But I mean, I was never like I I thought the character was fine last season, but I was never too hot on Sophie's character to begin with. Um and in this season, I think she's doing a little bit better standing on her own rather than just being rather than just seeming to be in the show because she's Kate. Yeah. Yeah. I think having Kate gone has given Sophie more character progression, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, it does. But we're going to get into season two, episode five, which starts off with hunky Jacob Kane. <laughs> that didn't even look like him, by the way. I was like, who is this? Leather jacket, beard. Oh, man, he he was looking hunky in that dark alley. I, I didn't even recognize him. I'm like, who is this? He had, like, a little bit of a quarantine hair going yes, on. Yes, I thought the like same a, thing. I was like, yeah. okay. I'm wondering if they – because didn't Batwoman shut down production for, like, a week or two once they resumed because of, because of a scare? So I was wondering if this was filmed after everybody came back. Uh, it is very – it is very possible. I think a, I, it wasn't just Batwoman. I think a bunch of the CW shows. Right. A bunch yeah. of the Vancouver shows did. I just wasn't sure if Batwoman was one of them. Yeah, I'm, I think you're right. Um, but, you know, he, he comes walking out, walking down a dark alley into the light like a 80s, like an 80s power ballad guy. And he is giving money to someone for information on the Jack Napier painting. And the guy tells him about this group of underground art collectors. The Collective, which I love that name. It's very intriguing and mysterious. Yes, where uh, they basically, you know, meet up, buy and sell uh, illegal works of art and is pretty much off limits to peons um, and is made up of like the very high class, the high class and elite of Gotham. Uh, the guy even Jacob tells him he wants to get into the collective and the guy says, you know, it, you know, you're the head crow. It's a bunch of your clients and they're not going to like they're not going to like you showing up on their doorstep. As he's saying this, uh, he gets harpooned from behind by Captain Ahab. <laughs> who Jacob immediately recognizes the blade as being from Coriana. I don't know how, but that's. That's what he does. <laughs> well, just well, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they do kind, they do kind of explain it, but the so he tells him, he tells the guy to let Sophia know that he wants his daughter back. The guy starts making a threatening advance on Jacob, and two crows come up from behind with guns, and Batwoman snares him from out, out from under his feet. And comes hopping down to have a heart-to-heart with Jacob. And I noticed in this scene, she was actually using her modulator. She was. Um, it took – I heard the voice modulator at the very end. And for some reason, I didn't pick up on the rest the, the other times the whole, that she used it. It was there the whole scene. I wonder if – Right. It, I wonder if um, it's actually been that way the whole season and you just didn't pick up on it. Uh, I don't think so, but you, you never know. You never know. So her and Jacob have a heart-to-heart where where they're talking about how they're both trying to find Kate and how one has to stay out of the other's way. And, I mean, that's that's basically it. 
she goes, Batwoman goes shooting up out of out of camera with her grappling gun, which I always love. I always love hate grappling guns because they're never shot correctly. Like whenever someone uses a grappling gun, they always like point it straight up and fire. And it's very obvious from where Batwoman is standing that that grappling gun is going to attach to absolutely nothing. <laughs> See, that that never even registers to me. I just love the whole, like, her shoot, like, just being able to, like, string herself up and just go. It's one of my right. favorite exits. I, I, I really like it because it's, it, you know, it's very reminiscent of, like, the Superman and Supergirl, like, flying up out of frame you know, in their superhero pose where she's like, well, I can't fly, but I have a grappling gun so I can do it too. (laughs) Um, At the very, very beginning of the episode, uh, we see a character by the name of Wolf Spider kind of grappling between two buildings. Uh, And we see it before the camera pans down to Hunky Jacob walking through the alley. But it did take me about three watches of this episode before I actually noticed the emoji above above the Gotham Tower. You mean the he, one that uh, Rachel Maddow's voiceover? I know she has a name. I can't think of it. Yeah, that. Vesper. Yeah, she references it. And I'm like, oh, why didn't we see that? It took me three times before I noticed it because it just kind of blended in to the background. It's also very hard to see when things are dark if you're supposed to be able to see something like that. It's yeah. hard to miss when it's not daylight. I mean, um, hard to see, rather. Yeah, it is. That is very true. Uh, but I just thought it was funny. Like, it wasn't until, like, because I, I watched the episode and then I watched it again. And then I started watching it. Well, I had it starting to play a third time as we jumped on to record this. So that way it can get a little bit ahead of me in case I need in case I need a reference point for something. And it was the third time that I saw it. I'm like, huh, it was there the entire time. And it was also like the second or third time that I finally noticed like her voice modulated throughout the entire part of that scene and throughout the rest of the episode. So Rachel Maddow's uh, Vesper Fairchild comes on and gives us the skinny. Wolf Spider is kind of the um, Banksy-style celebrity artist that just goes around and does stuff. Not really... It's really just a throwaway thing for this episode, I think. So we'll see. I don't think it'll go much further. But we zoom uh, after these after the few pans of Gotham of of Rachel doing her voiceover like she normally does. We zoom out of a phone playing her podcast, and it's Angelique cutting up vegetables or fruit or yeah, I went with I went with fruit because it was a whole breakfast thing. Oh yeah, I I guess so. <laughs> it it's just a bunch of stuff on a plate. Like I don't know if you can call it breakfast, <laughs> but uh, you'll be surprised the, what can what can pass for breakfast in certain people's houses. So Vesper makes a reference to uh, Batwoman and Jacob being spotted together, and how are they helping each other now? Are they a power couple? Angelique is really put off by that, and she's like, "I thought he was. I thought she was." Ryan comes out of the bedroom, I guess, because, I mean, it's a stereo apartment. She's wearing a she's wearing a bathrobe and she's like, well, maybe she was maybe she was saving his butt. Yeah, we don't know what they were doing, I believe, was right. the exact quote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Angelique references how 
she she slept in late after a long night of reconnecting. Reconnecting. Yeah, which is the CW. Which is the euphemism for adult time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So she's like, so I decided to make you breakfast. And Ryan, you know, is like, oh, I'm still sleepy. I wish you could fix that. Angelique tries to get her to call out of call out work. of work. Yep. And she's like, no, I can't. I just started. I, you know, I got to as much as I look good in your ridiculous robe, which I mean, that's just looks like a regular robe. I wouldn't call it ridiculous. But OK, from this is a girl who lived in her van. Normal things would seem kind of ridiculous to her. Just, you know, I mean, we don't know how long she she lived in the van her and angelique were together prior so yeah but we don't know what how they lived either this is very true um to which angelique actually reminisces about the old days and she gives ryan a present of two bracelets they they were bracelets right yep two bracelets that was supposed to be one for ryan and one for her she apologizes for ryan you know i so what apparently happened we get a little bit more of the story later on, but from what the story is given to us at this point, um, Angelique was a was a partier in the drug sense, it would seem. And Ryan finally got fed up one night and to try and help her, she stole her stash, and that ended up being what, what Ryan, she went to jail with. What she went to jail with, which. I'm going to address that later on when we get to that part. So, but she's like, you know, I'm clean now. I'm, I'm sorry for how I was. I want to try, you know, I want to try us again going forward. Uh, she leans in for a kiss and then she notices Ryan's kryptonite wound. And Ryan's just like, nah, I fell at work. Yeah. What did she say? Were you har- like, were you harpooned or something? She no, said did something. You, did you fall on a corkscrew? Is what she says. She says, did okay. you fall on a corkscrew? And she's like, you need to go get that looked at. And she's like, no, I got to go to work. Like, I just started this job. She's like, I don't know. You have to go get this looked at. Like, your boss will understand. You work at a bar. It's fine. Which, I mean, she's right. Also, her boss is the one looking at it. So I was going to say, like, she ends up going to Mary's super secret underground <laughs> underground medical facility. And it's like, well, your boss is right there. Like, you're, like your boss knows you're not faking at that point. <laughs> so Mary is patching her up. But before we switch to that, how do we feel about the Ryan Angelique dynamic? Do we like it? Uh, As of right now, without knowing anything else about Angelique or what might happen to her in the future, Angelique is Batwoman, or at least this season's Batwoman's version of Catwoman. Like, I don't think she's going to – I don't think Angelique will be totally on the right side of the law, and I still – as we see later on, she's not – but I think she'll still be doing stuff outside of the law that will give Ryan some sort of consternation. She's going to be living in the ambiguity. But I believe her feelings for Ryan are are real. And I do like the chemistry between the actors. I do think there's a good chemistry there. And I could. There, defi- there definitely is. And I'm intrigued. I'll say that. I'm just a little guarded because I don't know that I fully trust Angelique. Which is which is understandable. 
But I think it won't be a matter of trusting Angelique as much as like wanting Angelique to just always do the right thing. But she won't because that's like I think that's going to be her nature. But I think the one thing the one thing she'll always be honest with is like her feelings for Ryan. But do we see any any potential where she might end up putting Ryan and or Batwoman in an uncomfortable position? Oh, absolutely. But I think it would be done in the instance of like she might put Batwoman in that situation because she doesn't know that it's Ryan. Like, I don't think she'll I honestly don't know, because if I'm going with the Catwoman analogy, I don't believe she'll ever end up trying to use Ryan's affection for her own end. Okay. And that's something Catwoman always kind of kind of tried to do. Like she would steal stuff. And if Batman caught her, you know, she went to jail and that's what she had. You know, that's what she had to do. She never tried to use his feelings for her to be like, well, you should really let me off. So I think that's what we're going to get with her. I don't know, but she's at least not coming across shady to me at all right now. Yeah, me either. Kind of. In that instance, like I still believe she's I believe she's clean, but I don't believe she's totally 100 percent on the side of the law. She's well-intentioned. Yeah. We'll put it that way. We go over to Mary's super secret medical facility where she's tending to the wound and she's like, you know, why didn't you tell me about this? I'm going to give you some antibiotics, which really could have helped like three weeks ago. if you told like, She me. was like, you were, what did she say? You were almost septic or something like that? Uh, or necrotic. Th- necrotic. Yeah. Yeah. You were almost, yeah, you were close to being necrotic. Also, what is going on with Mary's um, earrings? Like, do you really need those big of earrings, Mary? Big earrings have never been a thing that I really understood. They're right up there with gauges for me. I just don't understand. So Mary shoots her with an antibiotic. They're hoping it's fine. Mary's like, are you sure there's no other side effects that you had that you're not telling me about? Ryan says yes, as we all know, that's a blatant lie. Uh, and then Ryan's like, well, you know, I didn't tell you guys because Luke's always, you know, Luke's been giving me so much, so much problems. I didn't want to come off as being weak. And questioning my every move cut to him actually questioning her every move. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> as we see Ryan and Luke looking at Captain Ahab being hanging from his wrists in some place where Ryan's just kind of living them to wait out. And she's like, oh, he's going to tell us everything he knows once he's hungry. I was like, okay. I mean, I, I so, wasn't sure which I, that, that was like, okay, that seems like a weird thing, but I kind of got what she was going for. Yeah. So Luke's like, you know, you sure that's a really good idea. And she's like, well, if you want us to move along faster, why don't you give me some information about him? And he's like, I can't. He was he was ta- all we know is he was tailing the guy that Jacob was talking to. He killed him. That that's all we got. <laughs> I still don't know where Coriana is. We move over to the Crow headquarters and Jacob and Sophie are talking and Jacob says that they might have a new lead on the Jack Napier painting and they look up in his office and there's this guy just kind of pacing around and he says 
his name is Evan. He was a friend with Kate, but he also um, he was also he's also been picked up for possession of stolen of stolen art. And that means he's probably a good chance to be in the collective. We go into uh, Jacob's office and Evan recounts how him and Kate were friends or, you know, in high school, I think it was. I thought he said eighth grade. Was it eighth grade? I think he said eighth grade. It's very possible. They were they were friends early on and she was his date to a dance and she was apparently out then but he wasn't correct um which seems about right like i like everything that we've had of kate has been like she's been out since day one she was in a very a very lovely velvet tailored suit according to evan uh to which he started crying and then she ran upstairs into her bedroom with him and she he told her she was he was gay she said she knew and then they went to the dance and she was in her nice velvet suit and evan was in a dress borrowed from kate and that's how he kind of came out which and i thought kate, that was a really sweet story yes and then kate ditched him to go make out with some girl melissa something if i remember maggie maggie i knew something about him yeah so he's like, you know, I would do anything for Kate. And then they're like, well, we're pretty sure you know about a stolen painting and this illegal underground art collective group. You should really tell us all you know about it because, you know, it's not like we're police or anything. <laughs> and he's like, um, look, I would do anything for Kate, but this kind of feels like entrapment. So I'm out of here. And he, he was like... Yeah, I'll do anything for Kate, but I'm not going to risk my life. I mean, I don't think it was – I think that was a little bit of it, but also the way the way they come off in that scene, it really feels like they have him in there, like, accusing him. Yeah. And just, like, waiting for him to, like, admit it and be like, all right, arrest him. And that's just – yeah, they're not necessarily going about this in 100% the right way. Like, yeah. they're so focused on getting to Kate that they're kind of cutting corners in a kind way. Kind of, yeah. Especially because Jacob doesn't want Batwoman's help. Yeah, he's being stubborn. We're outside a CD motel with Alice in her car playing with the knife that Sophia gave her to kill Ocean. And she's remembering the scene from last week's memory of her meeting Ocean on Coriana. And she's still trying to figure out like why she's getting that vision or who he is. So she's like, well, I need more information. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill him just yet. Yeah. What does she say? It's just, what do you do when you remember something you very clearly shouldn't remember? It's a day of execution. Yep. So she goes into a bar. She sits down. This guy comes up to her and starts hitting on her pretty immediately. And he, uh, he asked what a city mouse like her is doing inside this bar. And she's like, well, mouse is a touchy subject. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a trigger word for her. And then she tells him, you know, she had a friend. She had a uh, a friend named Mouse who was the only person in her life that she could trust. 
until she, until he started getting in the way and then she killed him and then she gives him the craziest look in the world and just kind of pauses on the look and the guy gets out of there about as quick as his feet can take him yeah he pretty much left the vapor trail yeah it was the it was the greatest look i've ever seen rachel <laughs> scarston give on this show um i'm not I'm not too sure I'm digging like Alice in normal people clothes. I don't think it I don't think it fits the character. But I don't think it was supposed to. I think she's I think she's she was, incognito. <laughs> yeah. Like but, I don't think Alice was trying to blend in. I think Alice was trying like I think Alice was trying to not stick out so much but not necessarily blend in and it just it, I don't think it was supposed to work. I mean, yeah, but at the same and at the same point, like at this point, I don't think Alice could blend in anywhere. <laughs> like, well, true, but like I think she's also like not wanting to scare people away if she's trying to get information, so she's trying to blend in, but she doesn't really do blend it in. Right. So this is her version of blended in, which is not. That's actually... true. Usually, usually when you blend in, you don't talk about uh, killing people. Yeah. So uh, we pan over and we see Ocean at the other end of the bar who compliments her on getting rid of him and how he's never seen that guy take a hint that quickly. (laughs) And she goes over to him and asks if they can have a drink in case he comes back. We cut to Sophie and Batwoman on top of the Gotham uh, Police Department. And this is the line where I got a belly laugh. I think it was this scene. And Sophie's like, all right. We need your help. And Batwoman's like, no. Like, no. Just no. Like, you're the crows. I hate you guys. We're not, I'm not helping you. She's like, look, we need help finding Kate. We have the lead on the painting. It's going to be at this, it's going to be, you know, the, you know, we're pretty sure the collective has it. They have a thing coming up. It's probably going to be there. We need someone to go in and, we need somebody to go in and find out information for us because obviously we can't just go in there. Was this also the scene where she's like, please don't let this, please don't tell me this is a booty call or was that later? No, that is what she says. <laughs> um, and then we find out during this scene at the very end that Wolf Spider was on the, was under the ledge listening in. Oh, I missed that. I did too until I literally just saw it in front of my face. So... That happened, apparently. (laughs) Um, So then we go to break. Coming out of break, we have Ryan, Mary, and Luke kind of debating whether or not they're going to help the crows. And Ryan is a hard no. This is probably the hardest no I've ever seen her give. Yep. She's like, nope, I'm not doing it. The, the crows make my skin crawl. No, 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 no. And oh, by the way, no. Yeah, and Luke and Mary's like, well, you're outvoted. Sorry. But Apparently. This led, to, this led to a really sweet scene, though, so. Right. So Mary's like, look, we're not helping them make a fundraiser. You know, we're not helping them do a fundraiser. We're doing this to get Kate back. Like, we need to do this. Ryan kind of goes storming out of the goes storming out of the office onto the ledge where Everyone sits on the ledge that is stupidly high up in Gotham. <laughs> For some reason, what are you people doing? It's not this, something. 
I would do necessarily, but I'm, you know, I'm scared if I go on the second rung of a step ladder and these people are just sitting on the ledge of a high rise. I'm having, <laughs> I'm having vertigo just looking at it. Stop this. <laughs> Batwoman writers, if you're listening, no one does this. All right, I'm I'm good now. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm good. So uh, Luke comes out to talk to Ryan, and he's like, you know, you know, you want to tell me why you hate the crows so much? Which one? I hate the crows too. Which one of us? Yeah. Which one of us wants to give their I hate the crows story first? Come on, pal, let's go. So Ryan tells them about this. Tells her about the story of how. She grabbed Angelique's stash one night, and she was wandering the streets of Gotham. She passed by a couple crows who were who were relentlessly kind of annoying her and hitting on her. And then she flipped them off, and that gave them that gave them cause to to bring her in. They found the drugs, and that's how she went to prison. While we're before we get into Luke's story, um. The one thing I found odd in this in this story that Ryan is telling Luke, and I'm not saying she's lying. What I am saying is at the very beginning of the season, when she would talk about it, she made it sound like the crows planted evidence on her, which they in this version of the story, they absolutely didn't. Did they have a did they have a good cause to arrest her? No, but she did have illegal drugs. Unless is there another part of the story that we don't know? I mean, again, we're just going by like what she tells Luke now, which is she she did have the drugs. They were on her. Yes, they were not hers, but obviously, obviously that is not <laughs> that is not a way to get out of it. Like possessions is possession in this case is unfortunately nine tenths of the law. Right, like like any policeman is not going to be like, oh, all those drugs is not yours. Okay, it's just a misunderstanding. Now, unless did we possibly misinterpret the earlier scenes to mean planted evidence when it actually didn't, and she just meant that they didn't really have a cause to arrest her, which, I'm sorry, flipping off a guy, even if he's a cop, but if he's an off-duty cop and he's hitting on you, and you flip him the bird, that is not a reason to arrest them. Uh, Yes, and but they were on duty. I think she does actually delineate that because they were following her in in a crow's vehicle. But you're but right. The, it's still not it's not a reason to arrest her. And then it's, why were they hitting on her if she was on duty? Like there's just a whole lot about that. that again, I, make- yeah, like they they're not in the right to arrest her at all. Like I'm not making that argument. No, no, no. Just, I know you're not. It's just yeah. I, like so um, it. So it does it does show cause as to why Ryan hates the crows, but at the same time, like I just feel like they're to me it feels like they changed the story a little bit, and I don't know if it I I doubt it was consciously I think it was just one of those things like they didn't really remember that they kind of gave one explanation. Yeah, I don't I don't know I have to I'd have to go back and look to see if those earlier scenes can be misinterpreted like can yeah. be interpreted with the knowledge that we have or if they just straight up changed something yeah so then luke tells ryan that the crows killed his father which again let's be let's be fair 
it wasn't the Crows organization that killed Lucius Fox. It was, you know, it was a, a faction in the Crows. Yeah, but unfortunately, it gives the entire organization a bad name. So I, I understand why he didn't. Um, but I, okay. I, I, I did. I under like I understand that, but I like Luke knows there's more to it than than just the way he's saying it, which I think is a little disingenuous. Yeah, but you know, in in his, I mean, because clearly, like we like we've seen him interact with Jacob, and we've seen him interact with Sophie. Like clearly, he doesn't. Jacob and Sophie are the except are the exception to the rule, but I think in his in his mind, everybody like the rest of the crows can kick rocks. Okay, I mean that's that's fair. Like he knows them, he knows those two personally, so it's easier for him to kind of separate. But I was just bringing, like I was just bringing up, like where Ryan like cast the entire crows with that wide brush. Luke seems to, Luke does seem to narrow it. I, I think it's the crows, Sans, Jacob, and Sophie. Yeah. So he's like, look, you know, I don't want to help them either, but. We, you know, we need their help. So they they agree that they're going to help. We go over to the bar where normal, normal girl Alice wearing jeans and a sweater doing shots with Ocean um, with weird kind of flirty energy. Listen, the, oh, the chemistry, like, and like it, it gets it gets progressively more explosive as the episode uh, continues, but like, yeah, the flirty energy was all there, and I am intrigued. Like a weird flirty energy. Like Alice was negging him about his job, calling him a dirt nerd. Um, which is like it was weird because like we've seen Alice kind of have the same sort of the same sort of banter and reaction with other characters, but it comes off a little weird here, where it looks like it's. It's supposed to be flirty. Um, so they've done several shots, apparently. I think they said five. Um, Ocean's like, well, I got to get to work. I'm going to go to the bathroom beforehand. Alice asks if they've ever met before. He says no. So she's like, well, too bad. Got to kill him now. And then... We go to commercial break. Did she pass out at this point? No. She doesn't pass out. She was in the... She was in the... Um, bar still he leaves first we oh before the commercial we see her breaking into his well trying to break into his hotel room and oh that's right and then as she gets as she starts to open the door he comes up from behind her and knocks her out okay he blitzed her from behind got it so we come back from commercial and alice is tied to a chair with the sunlight beaming in her face to which she politely asks him if he can shut the blinds and she has been out. Yeah, see, this, this is where this like where their playful banter and their flirty banter really was on full force. It was in these hotel rooms. So Alice tells her uh, Alice tells him that she he asked where she got her dagger from. And she said that uh, the queen of an island nation tasked her to kill him and send back send back parts of him as proof. And he we pretty much find out that Sophia is Ocean's sister, although not biologically. That shocked me. 
That shocked me, too. I, I was not expecting that. Nor was Alice, judging by her face. Uh, no. Because she's like, okay, well, then why does she want her brother to die? Although I mean, now I'm... I mean, if you ever had a brother, but it's, I mean, not, I, it's not that difficult of a question. No, but I can understand her confusion, though now I'm wondering if it had more to do with their personal relationship. Uh, we shall get into this. We go over to Mary's apartment. Well, Mary Mayan's apartment, actually, because <laughs> they're both living there. And Mary is doing Ryan's makeup. This for the gala. was her best look, possibly, of the entire scene. The dress, the hair. Oh, it was just everything was so good. I mean, my only thing is that dress has a lot of zippers. Like, that's one, two, three, four. I'm counting, like, 20 zippers on this on this dress. It's all down the side. Like, who thought of this dress? Who was like, we need lots of zippers. <laughs> this season is zipper season. <laughs> that's such a guy thing to think of. <laughs> like, I it's, was... it's weird. Like, the pattern is kind of like a a sun. Like, it's rays of the sun, but they're all zippers. Look. I don't know. I was just, I, I was just it, like, she looked amazing, and Luke was speechless, and Luke has he, never been, and Luke has never been speechless in his life. It's because of all the zippers. Like he can't fathom why you need that many. They weren't pockets. And I, I love the look on Ryan and Mary's faces, like when Luke was reacting like that, like that. They're like, oh yeah, we yeah. did good. <laughs> so Ryan's like, you know, how am I really gonna get into this thing and. And Luke is like, "Ha, here's a bat, here's a batarang." Yeah, he's like, so, "You're, you don't think Mary's the only one with all the accessories, do you?" Yep. So she shows up to the collective meeting, which is a airport hangar that they have access to because, well, they had VIP access to because of Wayne Enterprises and Hamilton Dynamics. And so Ryan shows up. Evans there at the front door, kind of guarding who can come in and out. Not like. Physically guarding, but kind of the. Um, he's the door. Guy. He's the door guy. Yeah, I, yeah, because I wouldn't call him a bouncer. <laughs> like nope. he is, he is not he's, intimidating in the least. The, he's the VIP door guy. If you're not on the list, you don't get in. Right. So he's like, so he's like, you know, what do you have for us? She shows him the batarang. He asks where it came from. She says Batwoman, current Which model. Version? Yep, <laughs> current model. And he's like, all right, we'll allow it into our exhibit. And then he comments on Ryan's dress, saying how he was been a fan of it ever since it debuted in Paris. And Ryan was like, yep, oh, good old Paris. And he's like, it debuted in New York in, like, 2018 or something. It was a lot of Fashion Week talk at this point, and my eyes kind of glazed over. Cause <laughs> yeah, cause that literally, was been... there's even more zippers on the back of this dress is what I'm saying. That, that was basically it. And just as security was about to drag her out, in comes Angelique. Yes. And Angelique's like, Ryan, hi, you made it. I'm sorry I didn't give you a heads up, Evan. But look at my girl here and all her zippers. Isn't she gorgeous? These are and birds of the show, by the way, not just me. Minus the zipper part, of no, course. No, no, they, they, make, they make reference. And Evan's like... It's fine, but, you know, our guests need their party favors, so, shoot. Ryan asked what Angelique is doing there, and she's like, saving your zippery butt. <laughs> and she says, 
what does he mean by party favors? Brian opens up her purse and she has a bunch of uh, vials of snake bite. So. And Ryan is not thrilled. Ryan is not happy. She's like, I thought you said you had your life together. And Angelique said, hey, hey, I said I was clean and I am. But you need money. So a girl's got to do what exactly. a girl's got to do. Like she had a she had a pretty nice apartment. So she was like, I, you know, you need money. So this is what I got to do. And that's where like my my thing with like Catwoman comes in. Like she's not necessarily like she's doing things wrong. But she's not lying about it, technically. Weird. Yeah, I mean, they're lies of omission, but... Look, no one has lies of omission. There's, like... uh, Yeah. I I get the term lies of omission. I don't believe in it a lot. But if it's here... If you want to know something, you should ask. Like, whenever whenever I go on a first date, you know, from Hinge or Match.com, I always make sure to ask them if they're serial killers. <laughs> they tell me no, but then it's their fault if why, they're lying. I do wonder why Ryan didn't question, like, if... Maybe she, Ryan hasn't known her to actually sell the drugs and just do them all. But, 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 okay, but no, but see, that's my thing, though. Like, as she said in their first scene in her, like, ridiculous robe, right? So if this is not the lifestyle of which she's accustomed to seeing Angelique in, like if she's used to say seeing rundown apartments and stuff, and all of a sudden Angelique has basically leveled up to a much nicer environment. Why didn't she question it? Maybe Angelique married Bruce Wayne and then divorced him. All I'm saying is there are a lot of zippers on Ryan's dress. <laughs> so if you are any, going to be so if anybody is in the wrong here, it's Ryan. Well, Mary picked the dress for Ryan, so... Right. Never let your girlfriend dress you is is essentially the outcome of this story. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to the hotel, uh, and uh, Ocean is there. Alice is still... Alice is still tied up, and Ocean's like, you suck as an assassin. <laughs> Like, there are assassins, there are bad assassins, and then there's you. Oh, I, I loved all of these scenes. Like, like you could have, you knew where I was staying, you could have broke in and killed me while I was sleeping, you could have snuck up behind me in the bathroom at the bar, you could have snuck up, you could have surprised me in the car, in my back seat because I don't lock my doors. Which, dude, you're in Gotham. Lock your damn doors. Yeah, that would be my that would be my advice. So, so he's able to figure out that she's obviously not killed him for a reason. He just can't figure out what that reason is yet. Oh no, he really thinks she's the world's worst assassin, and she's like, I couldn't kill you until I had more information. And he's like, Look, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from, who you are, all the Backstreet Boys parts of the song. <laughs> and he's like, How do you even know about Coriana? And she's like, I was there five years ago. And then she tells the story about how Sophia's, Sophia's pirates found her squatting on a yacht that they were. Did we know this story or was this new information? We knew she that Sophia found her, quote unquote. But, but we, we didn't, didn't know how. know the context of how. Right. So we find out she had been squatting on a boat that was being pirated. She fought off Sophia's minions. It intrigued Sophia. 
and she brought it to Coriana and she was like, I was there five years ago, the same time that he was. And now they really don't understand why neither one of them remembers each other. Although Alice at least has the has the memory. He hasn't had the flash yet, but it's coming. And he's like, well, I'm and he's like, well, look, you know, I can't. I can't leave you alive because you're just going to end up trying to kill me. So I'm going to kill you. He goes to choke her as she puts, as he puts his hands on her, he gets a flashback of talking to Sophia about um, her expelling them, uh, expelling him from the Island or a very heated argument and him saying how she's upset because he has the one thing she doesn't, she can't have. Now, I'm assuming he means Alice's affection or Beth's That's affection. What I was assuming as well. Yeah. We go back to we go back to the collective meeting. Um, Sophie already knows that Ryan. Well, Sophie knows that Batwoman is in the place. She doesn't know that it's Ryan because she's using her voice modulator on over the earpiece so she in one ear she has sophie in the other ear she has luke she looks at the painting of jack napier uh she has a little interaction with evan talking about it how um jack napier aka the joker so they take they take his name from the michael keaton batman series um in this supposedly the joker killed some guy and then threw his guts and blood on a painting that he had and called it art. It was hence stolen from the crime scene, and that's why this painting's illegal to own or possess, because it is technically evidence in a murder. Ryan has Ryan's using her bat tech so Luke can see it. She kind of touches the painting with her hand, puts the imprint on a on her compact to give um Luke an analysis on is made up of what the painting is made up of. They're pretty sure that the painting underneath has some sort of ocean to it. So they think it is a map to Coriana, which makes and, sense. Yep. And he tells Ryan, you know, we're going to need the painting. Like, you have to uh, steal it. Yeah. You have to steal it. So Ryan goes to the bathroom, finds the, finds the Batwoman outfit inside of a dispenser in the bathroom as she's putting it on and kind of cringing because her her kryptonite wound is acting up, the lights cut out, and we see Wolf Spider stealing the painting by Jack Napier. Wonder Woman goes out of the bathroom. Wonder Woman? Yes, Wonder Woman. <laughs> she showed up on the show. We somehow changed universes here? She was guest starring. It's fine. <laughs> that woman... woman goes out of the bathroom, sees Wolf Spider kind of running around trying to avoid being shot. Batwoman kind of follows him around. They meet up on this tall platform in the hangar. She throws a battering at him. He miraculously dodges, even though he's not facing her. They do a cute little dance fight. Yeah, hit him, you know, COVID fight, we'll call it. (laughs) Yep. Swing, miss, swing, miss, swing, miss. Kick up, flip. She knocks him over with a kick off the off the ledge, and then he just springs up and goes running off again, dodging bullets. And she's like, well, that's easy enough. She goes running off the thing to 
client to grab onto a chain, hurts her, hurts her injured arm, falls. Or was it that she hurts her injured arm, or her injured her injured arm doesn't let her use the like do well, whatever it's a, she it's, wants? Yeah, I mean, so the injury acts up to the point where like she doesn't, she can't hold on to the chain and she falls. As she's on the ground, she tells Sophie, you know, he went off, he, you know, Wolf's Fighter made off of the painting. I can get him. You guys need to slow him down. We get a crow vehicle coming off the runway, trying to track down Wolf Spider, who's doing his best Tom Cruise running impersonation. They try and they try and cut him off using the car, but he jumps over the hood. They try tasering him, but he leaps over the taser. The guy's trying to reload his taser. It's jammed. So the driver just kind of bashes him with the car doesn't run him over and i want to like like swerves the car into him kind of like uh mary calls mary says he he got hip checked and that's the perfect way to put it yeah so, that's pretty that's exactly what happened yeah so like he swerves really fast into him and swerves really fast out he gets hit he goes tumbling to the ground they get out he doesn't look like he's in good shape they get the painting off of him and the driver's like all right we got to go you know, we got to get this out of here. You know, they want the painting. They don't want an excessive force headline. And Ryan is not happy. Yeah, she is not. She pulls up. They're gone. He's Will Spider's lying on the concrete, uh, kind of bleeding out. Ryan takes off the mask. We find out that it's Evan. Were you expecting that? Because I wasn't. I was. Yeah. I don't typically... I don't typically try and guess like what's going on or think about it a lot, but like something about it, just like it, to me, it was obvious it was going to be Evan, but we go, we go back to commercial and when we come back, stuff happens. I'm almost positive of it. I actually caught up on my, uh, I caught up on my DVR version. Is this, this is what, do they come back to Mary's Yep, Mary's super secret underground clinic that nobody knows about. <laughs> she's giving him blood, and she's like, we're going to need a blood drive after this. And then she goes through, like, the medical issues that he had, cracked femur. Which um, is not not a good injury to – I mean, not that an injury is a yeah. good injury, but and – yeah. how, And how, like, a bone broke off and nicked his femoral artery, and if Sophie That's didn't That's why he bring has in, all the blood loss. Yep, if Sophie didn't bring him in. He would have bled out. Luke comes in wondering what happened. And Ryan's like, what happened is I listened to you two. We shouldn't have helped the crows. And this is why, you know, the next time we do this, you're going to listen to me. I'm the one taking the bullet. Right. If I, I, if I have a bad working feeling. Working for your approval. Yeah. If I have a bad feeling, I'm the one taking the risks. You need to listen to me. Which right. I agree with in a sense. But I also feel like she needs to be upfront with them about the fact that her injury was preventing this. Yes, absolutely. And I think Mary, I think Mary might understand because Luke says it sounded like you were in rough shape. And Mary right now is the only one that knows the in, about the about the injury. So that is very possible. Um, I also think I also think um, there's some there's some misplaced anger at them because she's angry she at herself was, but she's taking it out on yeah if she was fine she wouldn't have needed the backup from the crows 
Yeah, if she was fine, he never would have gotten hurt. Right. We go back to the hotel, and this is where we actually get the uh, this is where we get the story from Alice, because he's like, look, how are you on Coriana? The island's one rule is no outsiders. And he tells her what happened, and he's like, then why don't either of us remember each other? She's like, got me. That's why I didn't kill you. Yeah, and through this whole thing, their dynamic and the way they, like, tease each other and one-up each other is, like, my favorite thing. <laughs> and there was there was something something she said when the assassins showed up. So, so they decided when they were both on the when they figured out they were both on the island at the same time they were going to call Sophia to be like what the hell yo like why do we not remember each other so as they're talking as they're talking Alice is like please she sees a car pull up and she's like please tell me you ordered delivery and that's not one two three assassins getting out of a car to kill us did she say something at some point about killer relatives or something like that I got maybe I got to scroll. Th- I think I tweeted it when I was watching last night. I got to scroll through and find out. Cause so it was- at, as the assassins are coming closer, she's like, you need to cut me loose so so we can get out of here. And he's like, I can't trust you. And she, her response is, you don't trust me to defend myself from murderers? Like, yeah, I was like, that made, that made me giggle. <laughs> they come smashing into the hotel room. Alice is there tied up and gagged. They remove the gag ask where ocean is and he says i'm back here and as they look at ocean alice pops up out of the chair kills one and kind of takes out another oh okay i don't know if it was this scene or the next scene but he said something about the many arms of death and then she went oh more relatives i presume oh that was then yeah when she's like that tell me that isn't one two three assassins coming to kill us and he said and he refers to the them as their the group that Sophia leads is called the many arms of death um so he's like the many it's more of the many arms of death and she, and she says more relatives i presume and it was at this moment i went okay yeah i'm all aboard this ship <laughs> so they after they take out the three assassins they escape we come we come back to uh batwoman and sophie uh again on on GCPD, and Sophie kind of throws down two of the crow badges, and she says it's the badges of the two guys that that ran over Evan. To which Sophie's like, uh, to which Batwoman says it's not enough, and they need to, you know, they need to burn it all to the ground. And Sophie's and start like, start over. Right, and Sophie's like, I can't do that. Like, I believe in what they're doing, and I'm gonna fight for change. You know, and she's like, off well, the ground. And, and she's Sophie, like, well, if you if you want us to work together, then you better add your you better badge add your badge to the pile. pile. Right. So and I get like I get uh, Ryan's hatred for the crows. Like we've seen it. You know, she was she was brought in during the convenience store thing. And obviously she's been brought in several times before that. She like she years, said to like she said to Mary and Luke, she's brought me in so many times. She knows my coffee order. Yep. She we know she um, we know she spent, you know, time in jail because of them. So I get her hatred for the Crows organization at the same time. Like Sophie is handling this correctly. Like 
they they were out of they were out of order with what they did trying to pursue Evan, they're gone. Like that's that's the accountability everyone wants to see, right? Exactly. And but that's how you because... can bring about change. But but so uh, Ryan's under the impression like it's just it's too slow. Which makes sense, but it's more her personal bias showing through than anything. Right. But so obviously the season is very the season is taking a lot from everything that's gone on in the past couple of years. I mean, for much longer than that, but but specifically what's all kind of come to a head um, as far as news goes in the past couple of years. You thought that, too. Okay, I was going to mention it, but they've they've said that in interviews, how much like how after like shutting down early from covid and then seeing the black lives matter movement like take its course during during the spring and summer last year they said like they took they they took the stuff that was happening at that time when they were writing these episodes into account and kind of brought it into the show with them which is something like supergirl did um after the 2012 election no, more so after 2016. I'm sorry, 2000, yeah, 2016 election. I'm look, I barely know what day it is, let alone what year. No, it it's okay because yeah, the Agents of Liberty were basically right. It was all make America great again bullshit, and I was just like, please make it right. stop. So, so like the CW and the Blantyverse shows have always done this, and in this instance, we get we also get like. A little bit of what we want to see in the world like we see sophie holding the people accountable for what they did yeah now we don't know if they're going to get tried or if they're just or if they just lost their job as crows but we see like sophie trying hard to change what's going on and ryan still kind of being like i don't fully think this is on yeah. the level it's not enough so so she's like, look, I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to work with you because she does as much as she dislikes Sophie. She seems to think Sophie is trustworthy. Yeah. But she's like, I can't I can't help you if you're a crow. Yeah, because she, she want. I think she wants to help Sophie because I think the one thing we didn't touch on in the earlier scene on that rooftop is Sophie told Batwoman, like, Kate Kane is the love of my life and I need your help to help me find her. And I think that is what makes Ryan want to help her. Yeah. But that's only going to go so far. We go back to Mary's super secret medical facility where Evan is kind of waking up out of his coma. And he sees Mary and he's like, Mary Hamilton. (laughs) This is awkward. And she asks why. He's like, because I'm pretty sure I'm naked under here. And she's like, yeah, you are. She's like, you need to you need a better suit than spandex. And he's like, but it's but it's so comfortable. (laughs) And she tells Evan that the crows got the painting. And he's like, well, I was stealing it. He was essentially saying I was stealing it to give it to Jacob anyway. And then she tells him that we found out that the painting is a fake. And this is where the episode went left for me. Like, I was like, oh, that's a twist. Yep, the painting was a fake, and um, there, it was pig's blood on the painting. And Evan was like, well, the Joker would never have used pig's blood. 
so they're back to square one. They don't know what's, you know, they don't know where the painting is. They don't know where Kate is. We do know that um, Mary and uh, Evan had a little bit of a history together. They both kind of really vied for Kate's attention and affections. That was, yeah, that was, I I guess. So Evan was Kate's friend. So naturally she had, he had her attention and affections and And Mary always, always, right. So they, like, she always felt like they were, they were competing. Yeah. We go over to Ryan, who is, whose wound, not looking even any better. It's actually getting getting, worse. Yep. Yep. It's getting worse. Like at this point, like it's pulsing and it looks like now it looks like the kryptonite kryptonite is starting to spread. Yep. In her, into her bloodstream. Like this is very not good. And then we go to uh, Alice and Ocean in a car driving down the highway. Alice goes to touch him and we see another flashback of Alice and Ocean kissing. Oh boy, that kiss. All right. So I waited until now to say this. Like, I don't like this. And I'll like, I'll joke about Sophie and Alice being together and I'll joke about like Alice hitting on people here or there, but, and I'm not saying they don't have chemistry. Like I'm not, I'm not saying like their kiss looked flat and unconvincing and not passionate. It did. It just looked weird to me. Like, to is me, it just because Alice is not a character you ever saw in a romantic light? Like, yes. As ne- as needing a romance. Exactly. Like to me, Alice is like my head canon, and this is this is not necessarily proven, but just going by like all the crumbs we've had of Alice from the beginning till now. Like my head canon is Alice is asexual. But is that because her memories were wiped? I mean, it's it's definitely possible. But even like when she was even in like the flashbacks we've seen, it's weird because it's only certain memories, too. Like she has clear memories of being in captivity with um, Mouse. Right. But I'm wondering if whatever Sophia did took away those emotions and the memories that went with them. Which is why she's always seemed, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I definitely see what you're saying. And I don't necessarily think that's, I don't necessarily think that's right. Um, I think we've just seen her, like, I was talking, I was, uh, I had commented to uh, to someone on Twitter that mentioned something about Alice and Coriana, where I think, I think Alice... So when Alice was on Coriana a couple episodes ago, we find out from Sophia that she was different. Like she was still like it sounded like she was still Beth when she was on Coriana. And, and but now I'm wondering And then she left Coriana because she had this desire to kill Jacob for forgetting her. And but, I made the comment, I'm wondering if that was implanted by Sophia. Like, Sophia has an issue with the crows, you know, for obvious, you know, has some sort of issue with the crows. Or taking away the emo- – like, taking away her emotional connection to Ocean left her with the anger. I think that's also – yeah, that's possible. But I think I think as of right now, my 
my stance is Alice or Beth coming to Coriana and then leaving as Alice is direct manipulation by Sophia. Oh, I completely agree. I just and, don't know. And it which... also entails like her taking away the memory of Ocean. But yeah, I, I also just... believe she implanted the I also believe like she implanted the thing into Alice to be like, now you're you know, you want to go kill Jacob Kane. Or she gave her some sort of purpose other than Ocean. So she See, wouldn't she wouldn't think about what the stuff. only reason the only reason I don't think that's necessarily true is because she took the memory from both of them. So I'm wondering if when like let's say I'm I'm gonna Well it wouldn't it wouldn't help it wouldn't help her just taking the memory away from Alice and then letting her loose on the world because then Ocean could just find her. Well true, but wouldn't she have implanted something in him too? I feel like Ocean was kind of her anchor, kind of her glue. Kind of like maybe what Mouse was to her when she was in captivity like ocean was the new thing that she attached herself to and then when that got taken away from her because of sophia all that was left was the rage does that make sense i mean it's very possible it does that completely makes sense however just seeing the little bit we've seen of alice on Coriana, or beth on Coriana, it doesn't even look like she has that rage like, i don't know we like like it's it's weird because like we've only seen her we've only seen her past in like very little snippets when she was when she was still in captivity originally as as Beth and then she kills you know she kills uh, Mouse's grandmother the Queen of Hearts and then we just assume that from there she she comes on to like want to kill the Doctor and kill Jacob but now we're seeing just from the few scenes we've seen of Alice on Coriana or Beth on Coriana, like she seems much more subdued and not, not very Alice like. So I honestly think she goes to Coriana as Beth and then she leaves as Alice. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. I just don't know the method in which the switch takes place. I don't right, know which that, one of us is right. Right. That is going to be an interesting thing to find out. I do hope we get an entire episode. Now, maybe not an entire episode, but at least a good portion of the episode in flashback to Coriana to kind of get a fuller picture. Because as great as these snippets are, I need the fuller picture. Right. Yeah. It'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, so that was episode five. We, Ooh, now... we kind of forgot something. Oh, did we? What did we forget? Oh, yes. Um, Ocean has the painting. Exactly. And that was kind of a big moment. I was like, oh, how did that happen? Uh, well, the painting is a map to Coriana. So what I'm thinking is it was on Coriana and he stole the painting on his way out. Okay. And that's why she wants him dead. Because if that painting gets out, people, other people will be able to find Coriana and See, I don't think that's why she wants Ocean dead. I'm not well, even sure she... I think that's one of the reasons. I think it's a test. She wants to see if Alice will do it. I mean, she was going history. to. But she wants to see if Alice and Ocean are still connected. True. I honestly think this is just a test. I don't know. We'll, 
We'll find out. Indeed we will. But that does it for that episode. Uh, and then we are getting a new one next week. So Yay! That'll be fun. Now, you had something you wanted to talk about. Yes. Um, just an observation now that we are a few episodes into the season. Five, I have noticed to be precise. Five, to be exact. Uh, that there is a pattern this season of things threading together really, really well that was missing in the first season. Like the first season was kind of very formulaic with a little bit of an overarching um, story while we also had the villain of the week, but the villain of the week didn't necessarily tie into the overarching story. This season, everything has been threaded together really kind of perfectly. Um, yes, it has. Uh, now, I think some of it has to do with, I think some of it has to do with the fact that it's their second season. They've kind of, they kind of know what they're doing. The writers are, you know, a little bit better gelled together. Um, second, there's less, you don't have to give us the backstory uh, for every character. Like, tip, you know, like, we really only need the backstory of, like, Ryan this season. Uh, then we also get – then there was also the problems of last year, the first half, you had Crisis coming. And then after Crisis, you had a little bit of Crisis fallout. And then you had, like, the back the back portion of the season that got interrupted by – COVID. COVID. So they couldn't finish it the way they wanted to. Like, last season had a bunch of – not necessarily hurdles, except towards the end. Like I would definitely call the end a hurdle, but it had a bunch of things that it had to do before it could really get itself going. So yeah. I think not having to do that this season is 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 what's making it click a little bit better. Yeah. Also, too, I think um, not doing the Superman and Lois crossover that was coming and not having to worry about getting to the point in which the crossover is going to happen. Mm-hmm. is helping in that department though it does make me curious to see how the krypton story is going to kryptonite story is going to wrap up since that very clearly seems to be gearing up to a potential crossover which is now yeah, happening yeah i i have no idea on that like i i am wondering that myself like how are you going to how are you going to write your way out of this yeah, I mean, it sounds necessarily write your way out of this, but how are you going to resolve this differently than you're going to? Unless they literally do, like, a one-sided phone call, or, like, I mean, like, let's say Luke is on the phone with um, Kara or Mary or someone is on the phone and gets the information that we would have seen them get in the crossover. Mm-hmm. And then they can resolve it in Batwoman. I'm uh, I am really going to be upset if that ends up being the case. Like I know I'm going to be upset too, but I, I will let scrapped, it go. I know we scrapped the the crossover, but given the fact of all of the all of the kind of time you've taken to set this up. You need to come up with something better to end it with. Uh, But, I mean, do we know at what point in the story process they were 
when they scrapped the idea of the crossover. Like, all of this could have already been written, and then they have to pivot later. And if you have to do a last-minute pivot because of a last-minute circumstance that you didn't realize was going to happen, you kind of just have to do the best you can. Yeah, but I think you can... I think you can find a way around it. I guess it depends on what their original plan was. I mean, you could still... If they're going to go with, like, the kryptonite poison route, you could still just go to Hamilton Dynamics and get their get their cure-all that they gave for the um, the bat bites. Okay. So... I'm surprised they haven't tried that already on her. Well, they just found out about it. Like, Mary just found out this episode about it. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, I think that might end up being what happens, but I don't know. I'm curious, that's for sure. So, but yeah, I would agree that I think I think this season the writing is a little bit tighter, the stories kind of gel a little bit more, and I and again we've talked about this before, like it has 19 episodes instead of 22. Yes, it's only three episodes, but as of right now, it seems like they're working like having those three episodes less gives them less time to really yeah spin their wheels so we really haven't had an episode yet that nothing and honestly, kind of added I'm to the i'm not sure that we're going to because god forbid anything happens and they have to shut down and they have to tell an abbreviated story again i don't think they want to be in a place where they have that many things to wrap up so i don't think we're going to get that many filler episodes because they want to use every episode that they can film to its maximum potential God forbid they have to cut something down the line. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. That makes absolute sense. So we'll see. I mean, it doesn't look like that's going to that's going to end up happening anymore, but you'll never know, you know, we won't know until Right, but I don't I mean, let's be real. Did any of us ever expect the entire entertainment industry to shut down for 8 months? I did. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, y- you don't really plan for like you can't really plan for stuff like that until it happens and then once it happens once you always have it in the back of your mind that it can happen again right i uh i fully agree but we'll see where it goes from here other than that uh i think uh yeah i don't have anything else to say how about you uh no ratings report this week um stuff happened people saw it uh it was (laughs) It was down a little bit from last week, but not by a whole lot. Okay, so basically status quo. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be leveling out right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on iTunes or any place podcasts are found, which obviously you know because you found us. We are part of the Thought Bubble Audio family. We have other such shows as Super Supergirl TV Talk, Tolkien TV Talk, Read Up, Academy Rewind, Beer with Geeks, Hate Watch with Us, Gospel According to Lucas, I believe is one now. That's a new one. It is. There's definitely a new one, and it definitely has the words Gospel According to, and I'm pretty sure Lucas, because I believe it is a Star Wars-themed podcast. I was going to ask, is it a Star Wars-themed? Because that was my first thought, given... I am pretty sure it is. I just found out about it because... I recorded a episode of Academy Rewind last week and he brought it up and I was like, huh, I don't remember hearing that one before. <laughs> so uh, that is going on. Listen to all of them at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. You can find links to all of them. Please rate and review us 
on iTunes, on Stitcher, on any place you can rate and review podcasts. You can find me at Batwoman TV Talk on Twitter or at Academy Rewind on Twitter. You can email us, obviously, at BatwomanTVTalk and at gmail.com. And where can the people find you? I am at XO, Tony Roney XO on Twitter. All right. That is all I got. How about you? That's all I got. All right. So we're going to head on out of here. They are shining the bat signal out in the sky. So until next week, we are leaving. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.